Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Uh, the title actually was Come Hell or High Water. Now, that was a little bit too aggressive for uh, the television viewer. But let me say it, come hell or high water. I'm going over to the other side because my Savior lives. I said my Savior lives. Come on, I'm going to preach life into your spirit this morning. We had some amazing testimonies this week, uh, medical testimonies, by the way. And uh, I don't know why things turn out the way they do always. I don't have all the answers. But I know that even in a tragedy, there's a triumph. And I will not base my faith, my belief, my doctrine on personal experience. I will build my life upon God's Word and God's Word alone. Because all other ground are sinking sand. Emotion, feeling, sentiment. And those things are part of your humanity. But we're not led by sentiment. We're not led by emotion. And we are not led by our feeling. We are led by the Holy Ghost. And we live by faith and not by sight. Say amen this morning, okay? So come hell or high water. Let me shout it out there and offend, or offend somebody. I'm going over to the other side. Mark chapter 4. And we read together the Bible. Because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Good to see you here this morning. Um, half of the Pretoria has no electricity and no water. I think it's the worst run municipality in South Africa. Sad to say, the capital. Uh, something has to happen and something has to change. Okay? That's not a negative statement. It's a factual statement. So it's not good enough that we always have no water in the city. I say it publicly because somebody will have to be brought to account. We don't just talk to our national government. But the people that run this municipality, do your job. Amen. Mark chapter 4 verse 35, the Bible says, On the same day, when the evening had come, you know your trials always come in the evening. Joy comes in the morning, but your trial comes in the evening. So on the same day, and we're going to talk about that same day, which is where Jesus teaches us, to live by the Word of God, the sower that sows the Word. And what will steal God's Word from your life and make the Word of God unfruitful in your life? So on the same day that Jesus taught those disciples, the basis of how God's kingdom operates, He gives them a promise and He says, let us cross over to the other side. Now when, he had, when they had left the multitude, they took Him along. In the boat, the business where he was, and other little businesses were also with him. And a great windstorm arose with Jesus in the boat, Nochal. Sometimes we think if we're in the will of God, there will be no opposition. Reality check. There will always be opposition to your mission in life. The more God has called you, the greater Satan will try to attack you to dissuade you from believing God and to get you to quit. And normally, while you're on your way, 
I mean, it doesn't talk about the first part of the journey because I'm sure the first part of the journey was plain sailing. But suddenly, a great windstorm of opposition arose and the waves beat into the boat. So it was already filling. How's that? There's a waterbed. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow while the waves are beating. Waves of torment, waves of discouragement, waves of circumstances, waves of adversity are beating your boat, tossing it around and beginning to fill the boat so that it seems that there is no hope. But I'll tell you this morning, I'm going to start by saying there's always hope. Come on. While Jesus is on the throne, there is always hope for your situation. Say amen, somebody in Jesus' name. And please, when we preach the Word of God, get out of your mind. Because the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Faith is not a mind thing. Faith is a heart thing. Say amen. So people think, those of us who believe the Word of God are foolish. No. Bible says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because it's foolishness to him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Nor can he know them because the things of God are spiritually discerned. It makes no sense to the natural mind. So we'll talk about it this morning. So Jesus is asleep. Some of you think God's going to sleep on you. And I'll show you why this morning. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now what is a care? Cares are things that we are concerned about. Cares are one of the three things Jesus spoke about that will choke the Word of God in your life. Cares will produce worry, which is perverted meditation. Cares will focus on what can go wrong. Jesus tells us not to worry because He's in your boat. No matter what it seems like in the natural he has the power to sustain you. He has the power to deliver you. He has the power to protect you. It may seem that He is asleep today, but your God is not asleep. He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. God is right with you and will sustain you in your storm and take you through the storm on the other side. So the disciples wake Him and they say, don't you care? You know what happens when an evil tiding comes? Listen very, and it's natural, but you have to deal with it very quickly. We get emotional. And if we don't check our emotions, the emotions begin to rule us. And we make decisions based on emotion and not decisions based on the Word of God. That's why the Bible says when you encounter a trial, test or tribulation, what must you do? Seek wisdom. Get God's mind on the way through your situation or the way through the storm. So the other disciples are with Jesus in the boat. Jesus instructs them to go to the other side. Now we know He's omniscient. He knows all things. He knew they were going to face a raging storm. He knew they were going to get themselves into trouble. He knew that their faith was going to be tested to the limit. He knew it. And what does He do? He goes to sleep. You ever felt that God is sleeping when He should be watching? You've ever felt that, God, where are you? And you feel that your prayers are not working like these disciples? Well, they awoke Him and what comes out of their mouth? They say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Are you kidding me? You think God doesn't care for you? 
The Bible says He cares for you. The Bible says cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. You cannot carry your cares. You have to cast those cares upon Him. But the disciples just after Jesus taught them a great lesson on faith that if you allow cares to take over the very cares, the bills you have to pay, the challenges you are facing, when those cares become a weight, those cares will choke the Word of God and the Word of God will become unfaithful. And if it chokes the Word, it neutralizes your faith. And if your faith is neutralized, there is no victory through the storm on, on the other side. So you have to, and, and, and I want to say this because I've walked with people through a lot of things. Uh, an emotional reaction is normal, okay? Let me just assure you, it's part of, re it's, it's part of um, your humanity. When, my, when I went with my, my brother uh, for a scan and the doctor said he's got a few months to live, etc. Listen, the emotions want to take over, right? You know what I'm talking about? Sentiment wants to take over, but you, you quickly have to steady yourself on the Word of God. You quickly have to get you in a position where you fix your heart like David said, my heart is steadfast. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. I will not be afraid when evil tidings come. Because what evil tidings want to do, it wants to shake you or sway you out of your faith into a place of sentiment and emotion, which is evident here in the disciples. So when those cares come, every day you face your storm, you have to cast those cares upon Him and speak the Word of God and not allow the cares to overwhelm you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen this morning in Jesus' name. So teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm, which is what some of you need. Your minds are running turmoil. You've lost your peace. You've lost your joy because of your cares, because of your challenges, because of what you are facing. You have to reestablish yourself in the Word. And watch what Jesus says to them. But He said to them, Why are you so fearful? Well, fearful means you are full of fear. Fear is the opposite of love, but also the opposite of faith. Because with an evil word, and not that an evil word is a wrong word, sometimes a report comes and that report evokes a response. Like God's Word is supposed to evoke a response, a faith response in our hearts. So when you hear something in the natural, remember God is a God of the supernatural. It is easy to be overwhelmed. And we will look at that in the Bible and teach it so we can understand how we live because we will always all have days that we will receive a bad report or we will receive an evil tiding. Now, if you've gone to the doctor and you receive a, a, a reality check report that your arteries are blocked, you have to go for an operation. That is the truth. But that is not your end. That means you are going to go for the operation and you are going to make up your mind, I will live and not die in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're not going to go to your wife and say, you don't speak the death. You say God is going to use this for His glory. 
God is going to sustain me on that operating theatre and I'm going to recover in double quick time. Say amen in Jesus' name. So Jesus says, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? So somebody once said, when you feel like you're walking through hell, don't pitch your tent. You've got to keep on walking. David says in Psalm 23 verse 4, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, the King James Bible says, through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes God's path takes you to the eye of the storm. You never caused your trial and tribulation. You never opened the door. It is part of your life, your journey. But David says, even when your path takes me to this valley of uncertainty, to a deep and a dark place, fear will never conquer me. What is fear? False evidence appearing real. For you already have, God. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. I want to start by saying this morning, there's victory in every storm. That tough times don't last, they never do. Tough people will outlast any storm, any day of the week. In this passage of Scripture, the disciples find themselves in the throes of a terrible, terrible storm. The waves are beating into the ship. The ship is beginning to sink. It is abandoned ship, but there were no life rafts, so they have no option. Think about it. And Jesus is asleep on a pillow near Sarkni because He rested in His own Word. Let us go over to the other side and He went to sleep. Some of you have to go to sleep. Some of you have to go to rest. The Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. Some of you have to stop fretting and sweating. Come on and trust that God will have the final say. Say Amen there in Cape Town, in Bloemfontein, Johannesburg, here in Pretoria. Give the Lord a praise. Come on in Jesus' Name. I mean, their boat is tossed about by the wind, the waves. Your boat's business, COVID, after COVID, a relationship, a child, your emotions. Suddenly, it seems the little things get the better of you. Hey, it's time to rest in God's presence. It's time for you to take a nap, not a break from faith, but to stop wrestling with what you cannot change, but to trust in the Lord with all your heart, to stop leaning on your own understanding, to know that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Sometimes we think Jesus has abandoned us, but He's right there. He may seem to be asleep, and the reason being is because He put you in that storm to teach you how to be unsinkable in the storms of life. He was there. He's your safety net. He's your safeguard. But He expected the disciples to keep their focus on His person, His presence, His promise, His power. They were overwhelmed by the storm and the storm out there got in here and their emotions suddenly were in turmoil and the words that come out of their mouth exposes they are now controlled by emotion. Do you not care? I'm going to say it again. Your emotions are part of your humanity. Feelings are part of who you are. 
but we don't live by our feelings. You know, sometimes we just don't feel good, but we say, let the weak say, I am strong. Sometimes we just, just don't feel capable, but we say what the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes we don't know where the bread is gonna come from, but we choose to say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We choose not to be overwhelmed by the turmoils and the storms of life, and we choose not to be controlled by our emotion and our sentiment. It is a choice. Because you have to build your life on the Word. I'm gonna see that now. Because storms, I'm sad to say, not sad. I'm sorry to say, um, are part of life. No matter how good you are, how bad you are. No matter how much faith you have, how little faith you have. Storms come to every human being. Unexpected, unplanned, and always untimely. Pastor, we were just sailing alive along. Everything was going so good. And then suddenly, you know, they always come unexpected like these disciples. They're sailing. Jesus is with them. Everything is going to be fine. And suddenly a storm emerges. But the storm is so bad that the waves beat into the ship. They toss to and fro. And they're overwhelmed by these circumstances as we easily can be overwhelmed and stop believing that God will have the final say. So why do you think the response of Jesus is when they woke Him up? Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? Because when fear enters, faith leaves. And fear enters by getting you to focus on what you perceive to be real through your five senses. You have to live by what the Word of God says. Because when we look at the circumstances, which are very real, when you feel depressed, it's very real for you. When you face a challenge with a child, it is real. But you choose to be overwhelmed by that. You choose to lose control of your circumstances or you choose to position yourself and to cast your cares upon the Lord. That's what they should have done. They should have emptied the boat. They should have uh, uh, taken a bucket or whatever, get rid of the water and say, leave the master. He said, we're going over to the other side. We cast the case. We're not going to perish. We're not going under. We are going over. Because he said, let us go over to the other side. Come on. I'm telling you this morning, the Titanic may have sunk, but you are not going to sink. You are not going under. You are going over. You are going over to the other side. And if God meant it, it will be say amen Johannesburg oh come on somebody you need to change your emotion today and by changing the look on your face amen and believe in the midst of the worst storms of life so they are gripped by fear because they lose sight of him and Hebrews chapter 13 says the Lord is my help I will not fear he was there. The comforter, the guy, the strengthener, the teacher was with him. I mean, it's not like Jesus was going to drown. It's not like when you drown, He drowns with you. It's not like Jesus is going to bail ship on you. 
Don't you bail ship on Him. He's with you. He gave you a promise. He gave you an assurance. You hold on to that promise and you watch what you say when your emotions and your feelings and your sentiment gets the better of you. When you have one meal a day to feed those children, when you see those children are starving and you are doing your best like that widow woman when Elijah came to her and he said, make me a piece of bread. She said, your servant has nothing but a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. We're going to eat our last meal and we are going to die. And what did Elijah say to her? He said, don't be overwhelmed by your circumstances. He said, fear not, only believe because thus say the Lord in Jesus name. I want to say to you, mama, fear not. God will provide if He clothes the field. If He cares for the sparrow, He's going to care for you. You cast that care upon the Lord. He's going to take care of your children. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you in Jesus' Name. So God who is all-knowing, sometimes we think, but God, you knew this was going to happen. Yes, He did. Why didn't you do anything? because I created you to do something in my image. So he's omniscient, he knows that they are heading into the eye of the storm and he goes silent on them. He knew the disciples would be in a season of turmoil, emotional, and he's asleep. Not really, he's watching, he's teaching. He's educating because after this storm, I'm sorry to say there's going to be another storm. And after you conquer that storm, you're going to help somebody else conquer a bigger storm in Jesus' Name. Until you go to heaven, there will be giants to slay. There will be mountains to climb. There will be exploits to accomplish for the glory of God. So please never judge your future by the storms you face. Let it sink in. I don't know what the storm is. But don't judge your future by that storm. Number two, don't allow a bad day or a bad report to believe that you will have a bad life. At the end of the day, you will say God is good and His mercy in His river. Like that song said, I never understood it, but God was there. God is faithful. God carried me. I may have lost a child, but God gave me another child. I may have gone through a tragedy, but God has raised me up and God has restored me because He's a God of restoration. Come on, He's going to have the final say. If Satan stole something, God's going to help you to get it back double for your trouble. But you don't quit on God and become cynical and negative because of the storms you face. You don't allow the delays of life to believe that God has denied you on His promise. You have to build your life, your entire life on the Word of God. Let that sink in. Every report, voice, circumstance, you should bring into subjection to the Word of God. You, you know, we say we are people of the Word, but we don't know the Bible. 
You know, there's one way that you get faith, and faith is how you live. Faith is how you overcome. Faith is how you please God. Romans 10, 70 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, not from watching television. Television may get you to escape for a while, but you do not build your faith that you need to conquer the storm. You get faith one way, you can't buy it. You can't pray for it. It comes through the Word of God. That's why God says, my son, give attention. Give your full attention to my Word. We say we are a people of the Word, but how much time do we spend in the Word of God? Because your dedication to the Word of God will determine the level of your faith. I mean, it's logical. Faith cometh. You spend one minute in, in, in the Word, a little bit of faith comes. You spend a lot of time in the Word of God, faith cometh. Just the menu on the front section. Come, Arnold, come quickly. Faith cometh, come, 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 come. Okay, I've, I've spent enough time in the Word of God. Now I keep on in the Word, faith cometh. Come on, somebody else, come, faith cometh. While I'm in the Word of God, come brothers, some brothers, come. Any brother, faith cometh. Any brother, any brother, any brother, any brother. If you don't know whether you're a brother, ask the person next to you, faith cometh. Faith cometh. While I'm in the Word, faith cometh. So yeah, you are this morning sitting in church. Faith cometh. 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 Faith. You see, that's our appetite. We don't want to pursue the Word of God so that faith can come, 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 come. What happens when I become fearful and I focus on the negative report? Faith leave it. Faith leave it. Faith leave it. Faith leave it. When fear comes, faith leave it. You're either full of faith or you're full of fear. You're either full of faith or you're full of fear. You cannot be empty. And the Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So God wants you to be full of faith, but faith only comes one way. It is by spending time in the Word of God, not by worrying and fretting and talking about your problems. You have to talk about the promises of God. I know it's difficult. I know the devil is attacking your mind. I know you are emotional, but hey, you need to step up out of your emotion and you need to get your nose into the Word of God. You need to speak the Word of God, declare the Word of God, pray the Word of God, lift up that shield of faith and get rid of every trace of fear in your life. So fear cometh by hearing the Word that is opposite to the Word of God. Verse 24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended. It doesn't say he built his house on the rock, he obeys the word, there will be no storms. The same storms, the same rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and it beat on that house, whatever it is. Whatever you're building, whatever that represents, raising a child, a relationship, your emotions, your physical body, whatever it is, the storms will come. Winds of adversity will come. Try and beat you up, beat you down, beat life out of you. That's the world that you live in. That's life. Says, and it did not fall. It did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish woman, a man. Why does the Bible always pick on men? 
He says, who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that business, and it fell. And great was the fall. So what's the difference? The storms are the same. Everybody has storms that come against them. When that storm gets into your mind, into your emotion and unsettles your thinking patterns, you will lose your faith. Listen carefully to what I say. That's why the Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. When you lose your faith, you lose your power to believe, you lose your sound mind. You no longer can think clear thoughts. You no longer think the thoughts of God because you are overwhelmed. And if you're overwhelmed and you don't shift from being overwhelmed by circumstances, you will be overcome by the storm. Are you listening? So David says in Psalm 112 verse 1, he says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. Uh, so, uh, you know, we pray for people all the time and people say, Pastor, pray for my silent request. I say, I cannot. Or they say, Pastor, pray for me. I say, what is it that you believe? I've had families come then they bring somebody that's busy dying and they all have faith and they say, please pray for this person. We want him to live. And that person comes along for the prayer to please them. I've learned to always get everybody out of the room and have a conversation with that person alone and say, what is it that you believe? And I've had many of them say, I, I, I want to die, but my kids don't want me to die. I say, okay, let's get you ready for heaven. So I, I make sure the person is saved, etc. And then I have the unpopular conversation with the children. And I say to them, you can fight, but your dad doesn't want to fight or your mother doesn't want to fight. It's time for them to go. So let's release them because they chose that I will, I, will, I will do what you want me to be. Same for your business. If you say, I'm going to try this, it's not going to work. You're going to have to make up your mind. No matter how many waves have beaten your boat, no matter how that boat has been filled with negativity, with decrease, you have to make up your mind and get up in the water, get up in your boat and magnify the Lord and change your confession and say, I'm not going under, I'm going over and believe that God will turn things around in your life. Say amen in Jesus. Oh, come on, family. So David says, surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. He says his heart is steadfast. His heart is steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. His heart is established in what? The Word. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon the enemy, which is um, not humans, but Satan that is trying to derail God's destiny for your life. Then number three, I might continue here whenever. Um, don't allow fear to get the better of you. Because when fear moves in, faith moves out. 
When fear moves in, hope moves out. When fear moves into your life, a sound mind leads you. 365 times in the Bible does God say, be not afraid. That's apart from fear not. You have a scripture for every day of the year that says, do not be afraid. Fear not. No matter what you are facing, fear not. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and things will turn around. Satan never has the final say. If you lost something, you believe God for that to be restored. So Mark chapter 5, Jesus, another day, a ruler of the synagogue comes to him. His little girl is desperately sick. She's about to die. He comes to Jesus and he says, Master, come lay, my child is about to die, but please come and lay your hands on her that she may live. And Jesus went with him. Again, he's in the boat. He's with him. And with him, you know, the woman with the issue of blood comes and uh, how she presses in through the crowd and how she says, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. Doing exactly opposite of what the law required because she was had an issue of blood under the law. She had to be unclean, unclean, unclean. She never said what she experienced. She said what she believed. She had to declare. She were not, was not even allowed within the city limits because of what she was going through. The Bible says she spent all the money going from doctor to doctor. Now, I thank God for doctors, but doctors can only do so much. And I understand if it wasn't a doctor, none of you would have teeth yet today. Okay, let's start there. Amen. You'd also like to say praise the Lord. So he uses doctors. And when we find our pathway to healing, it's always with a Christian physician. You study the Old Testament, every king traveled with physicians. So I don't know where people think when you have faith, you don't go to the doctor. Well, then don't go to the dentist either. When you break your arm, don't have it fixed. We find our pathway to recovery, but by faith. Whatever the journey is, we believe that the outcome will be for the glory of God. Say amen this morning. So, while Jesus has the conversation with the woman and she's healed, five minutes I'll be finished. While he was speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Your accountant comes and says, there's no money left. We have to shut down. And we've been there many times with building projects. When there's been no money and we had to pay huge bills with no money. You think as pastors, we don't experience what you experience. When we built this building, we had to pay an average of nine to 11 million a month. The income of this church was one and a half million rand for over three years. That's the pressure I was under. Thank you. So you don't have to talk to me about understanding the pressure of finances. Sometimes you think we just walk on water. Yes, we do facing the storms. You're right. 
Sometimes you think we glow in the dark. No, sometimes we, you, we weep when you can't see us. But then we pick us up, ourselves up from the ground. And we choose to be strong and not weak. We choose to believe in Jesus' name. Because we also have waves that beat into the ship that God calls us to steer and build. So when I say something, it's because I lived it. And still do, by the way. So he says, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any longer? As soon, listen, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Let it sink in. Do not be afraid. Don't allow fear to enter. Believe. Then he came and he permitted no one to follow him. He gets rid of unbelief. Because unbelief are always in different stages, disguised different ways. So you want the breakthrough, you need to get rid of all levels of unbelief. When my son David, David, my boy, he was born with club feet, by the way. David, sitting there in Johannesburg now watching. He was born with feet and they wanted to do operations and put his legs in these shoes that they would uh, drill holes to get his feet straight. I said, no, because I had a rhema. Wasn't stupid. I had a rhema. And I took those little feet of His every day of my life. And I spoke to those feet every day. And I said, David, you'll be a runner. David, you will preach the gospel. David, you will, you will be an athlete. I spoke to those feet. And little by little, not instantly, little by little. First those feet, they were like this, bent like this first. Those little feet straightened out like this. Then they turned and they went flat this way. And then they straightened out. So God didn't do half a job, but His calves were left short. So then we needed to get a doctor just to operate the calf and stretch the calf. But the fact is, one day a relative came and moved, uh, uh, came to the house and said to me, an Afrikaans, but let me say it in English, said, you just need to be realistic about this. I said, if you ever say that to me again, you will not come into this house. And now listen, it's, it's harsh, but I had a rhema. I wasn't stupid. Sometimes people are foolish. They don't have a rhema. I had a rhema that God was going to work a healing, which is a process. Working of miracle is a process. I had a rhema. I've seen people not go to the doctor and die. And many of our doctors... And we have many in the church that passed. If, if she just went for the chemo treatment, she would have lived because it was a minor a cancer or testicular cancer. I've seen people die of that. And the doctor would say, and we talk to these doctors all the time. They say, pastor, people misunderstand faith. I say, I know they misunderstand it because they think doctors are not part of God's plan. It's not what I'm advocating. Be very clear. Sometimes you, you better go to the doctor and sometimes you have to get the little operation because what you think is a rhema is not a rhema. That's where you need spiritual oversight to say to you, no, this is the way to go. So when you face a crisis, you consult with the right people. You don't consult with the wrong people. You get the report and you shut your mouth. You talk to no one. 
You don't splash it on social media. You talk to no one. You establish, settle your heart before God, first thing. You get your peace. Because you cannot find God's guidance in a place of turmoil. And when you have a hundred voices talking in your ear, you will never know what the path is. So when people come to me and say, what do you think? I ask them, how many other people have you asked, what do you think? Am I the fifth person you're coming to? Then I'm not, I have nothing to say. Because you want many options. You're not in a place of wanting to find God's will. So you're running around. When you are facing a battle, you talk to no one. Except one or two people that you can trust with your life. Because people will talk you out of your miracle. People will talk you out of your faith. Well-meaning people will talk you out of your miracle. So what does Jesus do here? I have to close. I mean, when we built the building, it was a recession that time. And many people say it's not time. And even relatives told me it's not time. But God said it's time. Financially, it wasn't a wise decision, but it was the right decision. Because it was God's timing. It was His time, not my time. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you this morning? You're not going to walk with God like this, my brother, my sister. You're not going to oh, oh, go walk through the storms, through the valleys of life. You have to walk with God like this. His Word has to be before your eyes. His Word has to be in your mouth. This is not something you try. It's how you live. The Word is exalted above His name. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm taking time because I want it to sink in. Because it's so easy to go from here to here. That if it doesn't make sense, I, I, I can't accept it. Well, very seldom when God leads you doesn't make any sense. But you better know it's a rhema, otherwise you will sink. So he goes to the house, people are making funeral arrangements. There's a great, people are weeping, they're wailing loudly. A little girl died. And when he came in, he said, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Like people do when we preach faith. But when he had put them all outside, he put the unbelief out. Because Mark chapter 6, Jesus said he could do few mighty works because of their unbelief. You have to get rid of every trace of unbelief. The three terrible twins, fear, doubt, and unbelief. You don't want any of them in your life. Doubt, reason in disguise. Fear, believing the opposite to what God's Word says. Unbelief. You can't see it. So he puts the unbelief out. He creates an environment of faith. And then he says to the little girl, Talita Kumi, which is, little girl, I say to your eyes, and she gets up from the dead. I mean, sometimes I think we read the Bible and we don't read the Bible and spend time meditating and allow the Bible to change our perceptions. Let me say this again. We live in different dimensions. Most of your time is spent in this natural world. You work there, you eat there, you sleep there, your relationships are there. 
it's real, it's your reality. This flesh, this physical world is your reality. But your victory is not in this world, this reality that you are facing. Your victory is in the Word of God. That's where your victory is. And the Word of God has the power to change your reality. Maybe not in a month or a day, but the Word of God has the power. I said the Word of God has the power to change your reality. The Word of God is God's creative power in your life. So I don't know what you are facing today, but I want to say this there in Cape Town, in Johannesburg, in Bloemfontein, my beautiful family all over South Africa, God has not abandoned you. It may feel like it, but He has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. Don't you believe that for a moment? And I'm asking you today to take a moment and to quieten yourself in the presence of God, that you will find your peace again, that you will go home today and cast those cares upon the Lord once and for all. And every time those thoughts of worry comes, cast those thoughts upon Him again. Your Saviour is with you. He's not going to abandon you. He will walk you through your valley. And as you are in that place of peace, trust God for a rhema because that rhema will be the sustainer of your faith. Once you've heard, once you know in your spirit, this is what God says. But that rhema doesn't come through a prophet. That rhema comes through revelation knowledge of the Word of God, spending time in the Logos, spending hours meditating in the Word of God. If you need healing, go read all the healing Scriptures you can. You need somebody to get saved, read it. You believe God for your child, to come out of rebellion. You need scriptures, my brother and my sister, because sometimes the storm might get worse. The waves are beating. Your ship is filling. What you are believing God for, exactly the opposite seems to be happening. Then you cannot voice your concern and your trouble and your problems. You have to then give God glory like Abraham. Be strengthened in your faith and praise God and say, Father, I don't know, but I know that you know. Father, I can't see, but I know that you can see. I trust you in Jesus' name. Come on. I choose not to be overwhelmed because weeping endures for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. Come on. If you believe it today, jump to your feet and give the Lord a praise with me. Come on there in Joburg, Bloemfontein. Change the melody back to that. There will be joy. There will be joy. You don't have to sing it, just the melody. Storms come to all of us. It's life. I've learned this. When you face battles, number one, you run to God. Number two, you run to the Word of God before you talk to anybody else because the last thing you want is an emotional response when you face hell. I will weep when my kids don't see me weep. But when I'm with them, I'll tell them what the Word of God says. That's it. That's it. I will deal with my emotion, my sentiment. But when it comes to their future, their life, I choose the Word and I choose to speak the Word of God because the minute you allow emotions to take over, your faith will waver. You will not speak the Word of God. You will speak your concern. You will speak the natural and that may be the very thing that derails them. 
from the promise that God has for them. Hear me very, very clearly. I believe it. Standing on this pulpit today, that God is a miracle worker. I believe it. Standing on this pulpit, to not standing on the pulpit next to the pulpit, that God is a way maker. I believe it. I believe it this morning that nothing is impossible with God. I believe it. I believe that God can raise Lazarus from the grave. I believe it. I believe that God gives life to dead things. I believe it. Come on. No, some of you can't say amen because you, you so many things that you have seen that you don't believe anymore. Listen, as pastors, we see a lot, maybe more than doctors standing in this place and we still have to choose to say to people, have faith in God because I can tell you 10 negative stories for every one positive story, but I'm gonna focus on the positive story and I tell people, if people beat the odds, if one person beat the odds, you can beat the odds as well in the name of Jesus Christ because we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not gonna focus on all the negatives. If He did it for you, He can do it for me. If He did it for one person in the world, He can do it for me. Make up your mind today and say, I believe. Say it again, say, I'm going over, say it. Say, I'm going over, lift your hand and say it. Say, I'm going over, lift your hand, say it. I'm going over, I'm going over. Come on, make up your mind today that God is good, God is faithful, God is merciful. God is in your boat. God will sustain you, God will protect you, God will preserve you, and God will fulfill His Word in your life. I declare it. I speak it over everybody that receives it. I declare it. It's up to you whether you receive it. I speak it. I declare it. As God promised, this will be the year of supernatural acceleration. You make up your mind today. You make up your mind today. You make up your mind. You choose to believe. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Every head closed, every eye bowed. The presence of God is here. I pray that God establishes your heart right now and settles you. As David said, my, my heart is steadfast. I don't know how people face crises without Jesus. I really don't. I watch people's lives fall apart. I watch people turn to bad things because they have no foundation of truth. This morning, maybe you're standing in this place and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe at one time you did, but the, the trials of life have been so overwhelming that it's caused you to drift away from God. I want to call you back to Jesus. I want to call you back to Jesus, back to hope, back to life, back to peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Sitting there in Bloemfontein North, Bloemfontein South, here in Pretoria, there in Johannesburg this morning. I know that the challenges people face are real. We deal with this every week. That's why I preach this. I know the challenges seem overwhelming. I know it, but I want to tell you that God is there. I want to tell you that God will not abandon you, that God will not forsake you, that He 
He will keep you and He will guide you. And I said this during COVID, for what is heading people's ways, you're not going to overcome without the person, the presence of Jesus Christ. And you're standing in this place today. You don't know Him. If you died, you don't know that you'll go to heaven. Maybe like the prodigal son, you've left your father's house. I don't know. But you are never going to find peace outside of the person of Jesus. And if you've lost your peace, then come back to the person of Jesus and let Him settle your heart again. So while every head is bowed, people praying all over our churches. This morning you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with Jesus. I've walked away from Him, but I want to come back today. I need a new beginning. Then I want to pray for you this morning. You want to surrender your life to Jesus? I want to pray for you. He loves you. And He wants to bring peace to your heart. If that's your desire, quietly, before we close the service, you want to get right with God, come back to Jesus, surrender your life to Him. Regain your peace in His presence this morning. If that is your desire, quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you. Quickly raise it up high all over this place. Just lift your hand. Slip it up. Slip it up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Raise it up this morning. There will be joy in the morning. Come on up there. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. He loves you. Then walk away from Him. Walk to Him. And don't worry about time. We are eternal. Amen. Put your hand on your heart. Let me pray with all of you. Pray with me. All of our, church, all of our churches. Pray with me. Everybody pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I accept you as my Lord, as my Savior. I believe with all my heart. You paid the price for all my sin. You died for me and you rose from the grave. You are alive. Today, I publicly turn back to you and I ask you to fill my life with your presence in Jesus' name. I surrender all to you today. Thank you for a new life and a new beginning. And I cast all my cares, all my worries, all my concerns upon you right now. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit that will comfort me, that will help me, that will strengthen me, and that will lead me into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. And upon the profession of your faith, your sins are forgiven. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.